Hey guys, and welcome back to the Cricket Banter podcast. You're listening to episode two. Viewer discretion is advised. Before we begin, let's just take a quick look back at what happened in this in this week in world cricket. Um, currently, there's an exciting ODI series going on in England between England and India. The two best teams in ODI cricket at the moment, two really exciting teams. Um, it's currently one all. Um, it's going down to the wire. I'm going to predict that England take the final game of the series and win the ODI series. I think they won't last in the tests. I think their batsmen still aren't adapted to overseas conditions in test match cricket. But in my opinion, India are the best team in the world at the moment in ODI cricket. Um, otherwise, around the world, we've seen Bangladesh just lost another test match to the West Indies. Um, And the Proteas got absolutely hammered by the Sri Lankans. Um, Just to answer last week's trivia before we get started on today's topic. um, The question was, in ODI cricket, in the first ODI ever played, who was the first bowler to bowl a ball in ODI cricket and who was the first batsman to face a ball in ODI cricket? Um, the answers are the first bowler to bowl a ball, it was Graham McKenzie of Australia, and the first batsman to face a ball was Jeff Boycott of England. Did you guys get that right? So at the end of every one of my podcasts, I am going to ask a trivia question. Um, if you guys think you've got the answer, send us a voice note and we'll play it on the next podcast to see if you got it right. Um, so in terms of this week's topic, um, it came by just basically because of what's happened in the last couple of days with the Proteas getting absolutely hammered by Sri Lanka, um, which no one really expected, I don't think. Um, the Proteas were favourites before uh, a ball was bowled to, to win um, in Sri Lanka, to win that game in Sri Lanka. They just beat this year the best team in the world, the number one team, India. They beat Australia for the first time at home. But they lost to a really, really average Sri Lankan team, um, if we're going to be honest. Um, a lot of their superstars over the years are no longer with the Sri Lankan team. Um, that compounded with the fact that Chandimal, their usual captain, he's not playing at the moment for some ball tampering. Um, and, you know, they've lost the Sangakaras, the Dilshans, the Muralitharans, the Jai Wardeners, just to name a few. They've had some absolute superstars over the year and they've lost all these guys. And, you know, is this one of the worst Sri Lankan teams that South Africa has ever lost to? You would have to go all the way back to, you know, the beginning of, of time between South Africa and Sri Lanka. And I do believe that the, this is one of the worst Sri Lankan teams we've ever faced and we got absolutely hammered by them. Bowled out for 73, our lowest score since readmission. It's embarrassing. And Faf Duplessis made a statement after the game that he actually liked the idea of not having a toss. Um, and it's interesting because before the game, the Proteas were heavy favourites. They were, you know, you were getting 3.5 to 1. Um, you know, the Sri Lanka was an underdog before the toss and as soon as the toss was done, all of a sudden it was even money, which shows that the toss is having an impact on world cricket at the moment. And Faf isn't the first player to speak out in this regard. In the past, um, Ricky Ponting, um, Steve Waugh, Shane Warne, um, even 
ex-coaches like Darren Lehman um, and the great Michael Holding, they've all made comments similar to Fuff's where they've, you know, opened up to the idea and discussed the idea of not having a toss and test match cricket. Um, and since the first ever test match in 1877, every single test match has started with a toss. And the RCC is currently considering losing the toss tradition. Um, the visiting team, the, the idea is to give the visiting team the choice of whether they would like to bat or bowl first in a given game. So that's how it would work. There would be no, normally the visiting captain, you know, they'll call heads or tails. But now we're talking about completely getting rid of the toss completely, where the visiting team gets to decide what they want to do. And I think this has come to the fore over the years, and especially recently, because, I mean, the home side, the conditions are suiting them so much at the moment. They're getting such an advantage, and I don't think by taking away the toss... The idea is that by not by taking away the toss, it's not going to detriment the home team, but it is going to even things out. Um, you know, the home sides, they are at liberty to tailor the pitches according to the conditions that suit their strengths. And I love that. I love that wherever you go around the world, you get these different conditions that suit the teams. I think it adds such a special dimension to test cricket. If you come to South Africa, you're going to get green tops. It's exciting to see Vernon and Dale and Cajeso running in and bowling teams out and there's swing and there's pace in the wickets and there's carry. Although in South Africa of late, that hasn't really been the case. Although in England, you get, you know, the ball swinging and seaming around and then you go to India and it's hot and it's, the ball spins for miles and Sri Lanka's humid and it also spins a lot and all of these subcontinental places have great spinning teams um, because of the nature of the pitches they normally dry pitches and I love that about test cricket and I think that that should stay I think that home teams should still tailor the pitches to to their to their strengths I think the question comes in now should we still have a toss is it giving too much of an advantage um, and you don't want a situation where you can almost predict the winner before a ball is bowled. And unfortunately, I've got some great stats for you. That is the way that it is looking, especially of late. Um, cricket is becoming a bit predictable. And a game shouldn't be affected by a toss of the coin like cricket is. Um, you know, there are other factors as to why teams of late are struggling away from home. Um, it's not like the olden days where you would get onto a ship and go play 10, 15 practice games, um, first class games um, before a tour. There's just no time for that in the schedule anymore. Um, you know, South Africa played one warm-up game in Sri Lanka and there was a call for more warm-up games and Faf Duplessis came out and he said he doesn't actually think it will make it much of a difference because the, the home teams are becoming so good at tailoring the pitches that in the practice games they'll make these pitches flat like the one South Africa experienced um, where the ball won't turn that much because why would the home team want to prepare the opposition to the extent that it's actually bringing the opposition into the game it's not in their best interests um, other reasons for teams struggling away from home could be the advent of test uh, t20 cricket I think batsmen are becoming a lot more impatient um, they're far too aggressive at times and perhaps even technically the the the, the lure of 20 crickets all these most of the players are playing t20 cricket 
and their techniques have adapted to the game and perhaps test cricket batting has been affected by that. Um, just going back to the pitches, um, Nagpur and Wanderers pitches of late were rated poor by the RCC. Um, so many games are ending in three days. Um, and I want to just spend some time now just discussing if there should be a toss. So I'm going to go into some awesome stats. I'm going to look at the pros of having a toss. I'm going to have a look at a lot of the negatives of having a toss. But before we get into that, let's just look specifically with the pro tiers, how, they, how they've done um, away from home of late. So in Asia specifically, which are conditions completely unfamiliar to South Africa. So South Africa, all in all in Asia, they've played 45 games, they've won 15 of them, and they've lost 14, which means they've drawn 16. That is a 33% winning record. Um, overall, their stats in Asia, in all matches in all times, they've won 67% of the matches played in Bangladesh, 31% of the matches played in India, 29% of the matches played in Pakistan, 25% of their matches played in Sri Lanka, and 25% of matches played in the UAE, which tells us that out of all the Asian countries, South Africa actually does struggle against Sri Lanka the most. Now, non-Asian teams, let's look at some of the other teams in world cricket that are non-Asian teams that have played in Asia, and let's look at what's happened in the last 10 years. The most successful team in Asia that is, non, that is, not, that is a non-Asian team in the last 10 years, can you guess? Which is the most successful non-Asian team in Asia in the last 10 years? England. I did not think that for a second. They've had a 26% win record. Um, next best, West Indies. Can you believe it? 24% win record in Asia in the last 10 years. Um, up next in third place is South Africa with 21%. Next is New Zealand with 15%. Second from bottom in the list, Australia. They have only won 12.5% of the games they've played in Asia in the last 10 years. And then there's Zimbabwe with 0%. So South Africa has done relatively well in Asia. I mean, in the last 10 years, we've only lost one series in Asia, and that was when we got annihilated 3 0 by India in 2015. Um, and that's where, you know, the, 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 the discussions about the pitches came into it. And, you know, I think South Africa lost a lot of those tosses. And we were, we were never really in the game, which meant we were never really in the series. And, you know, South Africa was a really good touring team at that point. I think we hadn't lost in something like eight years away from home. And to get hammered like that, you've got to stop and think, well, you know, what are the reasons for that? Was it just an off tour? Were there other reasons? And a lot of people feel that the toss contributed to that. Other people feel that the pitches were way too crazy. In fact, the Nagpur pitch, as I mentioned, it got deemed rated poor by the RCC. And earlier this year, South Africa decided, let's take revenge. Let's put an absolute green top at Wanderers, where both teams played five, five fast bowlers, no spinners, virtually unheard of. And it was a dangerous wicket. It was again rated poor by the RCC. Um, in that instance, it actually backfired on South Africa, and South Africa actually lost the game. Um, <clears throat> so... You know, what would the effect of no toss be? Well, I think in theory, 
you you would get better wickets um, knowing that the opposition um, in India for example would um, would bat first um, you're not going to prepare these dust bowls where you as as, a, as an Indian side or as an Asian side know you would have to bat last um, and the opposition would know that they can have extra spinners in their team so I think it would in theory make the wickets a lot better um, and I think there would be less of an advantage to the home to the home team um, I feel like it's not going to affect the, the the performances too drastically I think it will even things out a little bit and I think it could potentially have a benefit a, a big benefit on test match cricket as a whole no one wants to see these games ending in three days inside three days where the opposition isn't in the game we see it a lot when teams tour South Africa where we bowl them out and you know, we play on these really, really green wickets with lots of bounce and pace. And the opposition, especially weaker opposition, really struggles. Well, the same thing happens to South Africa. And I feel that by getting away with the to- by losing the toss, I feel that home teams will still always have that advantage. I'm not saying they shouldn't prepare the pitches to suit their strengths. And I just feel that it will bring the opposition into the game a little bit more. And I've got some stats that I'll talk to you about later that kind of back up that argument. Um, So what happened was this discussion came into fruition a couple years back in 2016 in the county championships in England, where they started to trial this. They tested this out, no toss. And how it worked was the visiting captains could forego the toss if they wanted to bowl first so i think what they were finding is teams were teams were manipulating the the the, not manipulating but they were choosing it it was becoming too one-sided and they would win the toss and it was becoming too predictable so pretty much what was happening is they were saying if you want to bowl first no toss needed and Look, it's only been going for a couple of seasons. The sample is really still small in terms of what are the results of this in the twenty six in the in the county championship. You know, how has this affected the game? Um, and you know what they found in in the last couple of seasons is more matches went to the final day. Both first and second inning scores increased. Interestingly enough, and spinners took more wickets. Now, bear. bear than than they usually do and bear bear in mind they were playing in England so it's interesting to see how just losing the toss actually changes the dynamic slightly and I think it would be interesting to see you know how would an England or South Africa where the pitches are generally quite green there's some movements in the wickets um, would teams like that would they still produce as many quality quick um, and, and quick bowlers, bowlers that get the ball to swing, to seam, would they still produce that many um, bowlers of that nature if they got rid of the toss? Will opening batsmen still have the skill to survive on those wickets if they get rid of the toss? Because if it's evening things out for other type of players to come into the equation, well, you know, the focus isn't on the fast bowlers all of a sudden because it might not be in South Africa or England's interest to prepare pitches that completely suit fast bowlers if they know that um, the, the opposition's going to win the toss and can choose to do what they want with it. So it, it would be interesting to see, and I think time would only tell. And I like how England's been quite 
innovative in taking this upon themselves to test it out because I think that if it is if there is a possibility of it happening in test match cricket I think that there needs to be some tests done to see you know what are the results of this no toss what what happens um an interesting fact that I read was there has only been one decade in the history of test match cricket where the way team has won as much as the way team has lost. And that was in the 1890s. And there were only 32 tests played in the 1890s. And that tells us that in the history of test cricket, what happens is the away team loses more than the away team wins. And I guess that is, you know, kind of natural. Home advantage is a big thing. But the question I think has become, has it become too much of a big thing? Because if it has, that might not be in the benefit of test cricket. We don't want a situation where things are becoming too predictable, where, you know, the result of a match before a ball's bowled, where you're getting three-day matches, where teams are getting completely blown away in these one-sided matches. And, you know, since the 1930s, there has been this almost constant decline in the way teams win to loss ratio, with each decade getting worse. So every decade that passes, the way team is struggling more and more and more. The only exception since the beginning of Test Match history was in the 2000s. That is the only time when there was a slight increase. It's still been on a decline, but that was the one decade where there was a, a, where the data was skewed and there wasn't a, a more of a decline in terms of away teams winning. And Maybe a lot of that had to do with that incredible Australian team that we saw in the 2000s where they were pretty much unbeatable almost in any type of conditions, home or away. Um, Interestingly enough, the win-loss ratio towards the end of 2016 was 0.571, which, so to explain that, a 0.5 ratio means the away team will lose two matches for every one that they win. And looking at the stats and the data, it looks like it's getting lower and lower and lower. So away teams are having to lose more and more matches for every one match that they win. Um, and that is a trend that has continued throughout the the history of Test cricket. But I guess the question is, at the moment, is it getting to that point where it's becoming ridiculous? And I think that's where the concern is. And, you know, maybe why Test cricket maybe needing a bit of a, a shake-up and a bit of a change and you know the RCC is discussing implementing no tosses for the World Test Championship um, there's a few ex-cricketers and umpires and match referees on the panel coaches as well who get to review this and hopefully they listen to this podcast and get some insight um, and it will be interesting to see which direction they'll choose um, there will always be those purists that are purists as I am, but I think that uh, I believe test cricket needs constant innovation. The likes of day-night day test cricket, I think, is a great, great idea. And, you know, there will always be those purists that are against um, not having a toss. Um, but let's look at the facts and then we can decide for ourselves. So, when I mentioned earlier that the percentage of away teams um, 
uh, winning away from home is is decreasing um so the percentage of away wins has actually increased over the decades but so has away losses the percentage of losses that teams are making so they're losing a lot more they're also winning a lot more but draws are becoming rarer so instead of teams drawing they're now losing those games so to date in the 2010 so since 2010 since 2010 the win loss ratio is 0.537 that's the lowest it's been over a period of a decade since the first decade of test cricket in the 1870s so that means that teams are really really struggling of late it's it's the worst it's ever been and i had a look at the data and before i get into you know all time tosses effect that's had on teams um what was interesting what I came across was that um, since 2010 to date only 20% of the matches have ended in a draw meaning one in five matches ends in a draw so that tells us that there's a lot less draws and you know there, there could be an impact of there could be so many reasons for that our pitchers getting you know more conducive to, to to results is the reason that the, it, it, it tosses the reason why there's less and less draws overseas and the trend since the 1980s has been every single decade there has been less and less draws in test match cricket in 1980 there was a 46 percent of matches being drawn in the 1990s 36 percent of matches were being drawn and in the 2000s, 25% of matches are getting drawn. So it's almost dropping 10% year, every single decade. So there's 10% less draws, which I guess is good for test match cricket. Um, and this, you know, this is better. This is an argument against the toss um, being changed. Whatever's happening at the moment, we are getting more results. Um, I guess the question here is, are we not are we getting more results i think that is a factor but i think the real question is here are these results fair because we don't want to see one-sided cricket one-sided cricket can be extremely boring and yes less draws is better for the game and for the crowds it's more exciting um but by reading the toss we could have more draws that's the that, that, you know that's what the data is showing um it is possible that games will last longer the comp- the opposition the way opposition's more in the game it's going to be more difficult for home teams to win and we as a result of that we could see more draws and i think that is the last thing that test cricket needs um but i do believe that cricket is more appealing when there's an even contest between bat and ball. Um, look, and with regards to pitches, I just wanted to go through some cool stuff that are that I've researched. Now, you know, I don't think it's it's a case of pitches have become so terrible that you know the ICC needs to get rid of tosses because the the wickets have just become absolutely unplayable and dangerous. Um, the RCC still has the right to penalise a, um, a ground if a pitch is poor, but that doesn't help the match at hand because the penalties are obviously after the fact. Um, now, th- there, have been, um, there have been some instances. Um, I found one instance in the history of Test cricket where a game was abandoned due to a pitch being dangerous. 
and that was against that was England versus against the West Indies at Sabana Park. That was in 1997-1998. Um, I was about 10 years old when this happens, nine years old even, and I vaguely remember the game being called off. England was 17 for three after 10 overs. It, the ball was absolutely flying off a length. It was unplayable. Guys were getting wrapped on the wrists and the balls were bouncing, bouncing off a length and almost taking the batsman's head off. And after only 10 overs, the umpires came together, spoke to the captains and called the game off because the pitch was deemed too dangerous. So that's only one occasion in the 2,312 test matches that a game has been called off because of the pitch. Um, let's look at ODIs. I found two ODIs in the history of ODIs the fir- where the game was called off because the pitch was deemed dangerous. The first was in 1997, um, India versus Sri Lanka. The match only lasted three overs and was called off again because of a dangerous pitch. And then in 2009, um, again, bet- an ODI between India and Sri Lanka was called off. Sri Lanka were 83 for five after about 23 overs. And they called the game off because the pitch was so dangerous. And that's that. So look, I mean, one test match in 2,312 tests has been called off because of a dangerous pitch. Two um, ODIs out of 4,015 ODIs in total that have ever been played have been called off for a dangerous pitch. So it doesn't look like the pitch itself, in terms of danger, is a reason for 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 the potential of us discussing losing the toss. Um, I think in pitches, you know, in pitches in the subcontinent, it could be dangerous. I mean, we've seen, you know, the ODRs, India, Sri Lanka, it could happen. I think the problem would be that the pitch turns too much in Asian conditions, whereas in South Africa, Australia, etc., um, there's the potential for the for the wicket to get too dangerous just because of the nature of the surfaces. I'm talking quite generally here. Um, but just because a pitch isn't dangerous doesn't mean that it's a, a good uh, wicket or that it's good for the game. So I think we need to look at some other data just to really understand what's happening, what's happened throughout test history. How much of an effect has the toss had on a team winning or losing the game? And then what I want to do is I want to look at more recent times. Is Are we seeing a re- more recent trend of teams, lo- you know, losing the toss and oh, there goes the game. Is that happening more and more? So we're going to look at those stats. So all in all in tests, and we're excluding neutral venues here. The home side, now listen closely because I'm going to give you some awesome, awesome statistics. So in all test matches, excluding natural neutral venues, the home side has won 43.29% of games where they won the toss. So 43% of the time, the home side has won the, the, the home side has won the toss and they've won the game. Whereas when they've lost the toss, they're only winning 38% of the games. So 43% of home games won when they've won the toss and 38% of games won when they've lost the toss. So there is a bit of a difference there. It's not a massive difference to the to the results, but it does show that the opposition does come into the game more when they have won the toss. Now, in terms of away teams, away sides have won 
28% of the games when they've won the toss and they've won 25% when they've lost the toss. So again, that isn't a big difference, but it does show that there is a slight difference that they are, that are more likely to win, however slightly, when they've won the toss. Now, that's an overall in test cricket. In the last 10 years, let's see what's happened. Is there a trend towards teams struggling more away from home? So in the last 10 years, the home side has won 52% of games when they've won the toss and 46% um, of games when they've lost the toss. So again, in the last 10 years, a home team is more likely to win generally, but they're obviously more likely to win even more of the time when they've won the toss. Again, 52% when they've won the toss and 46% when they've lost the toss. So again, this shows that the home team will still always have that advantage, but tourists will have a slightly better chance. Um, and in the last 10 years, away sides have won 32% when they've won the toss and 24% of games when they've lost the toss. Now, looking in the last five years, because that's when this discussion's really come to the fore. Why is this discussion, why is this such a trending topic in the cricket world at the moment? Listen to these stats. In the last five years, the home team has won 62% of the games when they've won the toss and 52% of games when they've lost the toss. So this shows that it's becoming tougher and tougher to, to win games away from home when you've lost the toss. So the losing side only wins 29% of the time. And again, this is in the last five years. The losing side only wins 29% of their games when they win the toss and only 21% of the games when they've lost the toss. So... It is becoming harder and harder for away teams to win. The, the trend is, is there it's for us to see if we look at the data. It is becoming tougher for away teams to win when they lose the toss. So just to review that data, overall, in all matches on all, in all time, the away side has won 28% of games when they've won the toss. So let's look at when the away side has won the toss first. In all time, they've won 28%. Okay. In the last 10 years, they win 32%, again, when they've won the toss. And in the last five years, they are winning 29% when they win the toss. So it is becoming, it's always, you know, between 28 all time, 32% in the last 10 years and 29% in the last five years. So it's always remained really low. And that's when they win the toss. When they lose the toss, it's not looking so great. All time, when an away side loses the toss, they only win 25% of the matches. In the last 10 years, they only win 24% of the matches. And in the last five years, they're only winning 21% of the matches. So that graph is on the decline. And that shows us that, you know, there is a strong case here that perhaps we could take away the toss um, to even things out. But I guess the real question here is, you know, what other factors are there to consider? We've spoken about teams not having as much preparation time. There's just no time in international cricket. The scheduling is too tight. Um, Faf Duplessis says it's not really going to help conditions. 
aren't exactly like they'll be in a test match the quality of bowlers you face in the nets in practice games isn't the same quality you'll experience in a test match well what else could it be that if it's not the toss that you know our pitch is getting tougher maybe they are getting tougher maybe home teams are taking advantage of the fact that they almost have free will to do with what they want with the pitch within reason um i think probably the biggest factor that we mentioned earlier was the advent of t20 cricket you know if you look at when t20 cricket came to the fore um in the early 2000s um you know, it's seen as a hit and giggle and it's really taken off. T20 cricket is the future of cricket, whether we like it or not. Um, I will always maintain that test cricket is the pinnacle of cricket. Test cricket has to stay there and the ICC has to do everything that they can to keep test cricket there. But T20 cricket is the future. And is there a correlation between T20 cricket and um, teams struggling away from home? Um, perhaps due to perhaps due to techniques being not as sound and batsmen not having as much patience you do need much more patience when playing away from home when a touring side tours asia you need to grind it out for five days the batsmen need to sit at the crease and play long innings when touring teams come to England, South Africa, Australia, you, the, the batsmen need to be so patient with that new cherry flying around, swinging around, sw- 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 seeming around. Batsmen need to be patient. I remember um, Pujara at Wanderers, he got off the mark after something like 50 balls because he wasn't interested in scoring. That was not his job at the time. His job was to make sure that that new ball lost its shine and he blocked and he left and for 50 balls before he got off the mark and he did his job because by getting by showing that application and that grind and that determination he got a lot of the shine off the new ball it stopped swinging as much it stopped seeming as much and it made life of the other batsmen much easier now Pujara's a test match specialist so he obviously has played t20 cricket in the past but you know that's not what he's doing for four to six months of the year he's playing first class cricket he has application he's got grind he's got determination um and he's got that application and that attitude of i can bat for a day without you getting me out and he'll sit there even if he's not scoring the runs i think a lot of batsmen are lacking that application these days for me that is as much of a reason why teams are struggling away from home because they've learned the art of patience batsmen have learned the art of application we saw the south africans trying to take an aggressive approach to the sri lankan bowlers um, in the first test and i'm all for that but at the right time in the right way dean Elgar, it looked like a horrible shot he came down the wicket and he tried to slog it over the bowler's head for six and you know you turn around and you say well if he had hit it for six everyone would have you know applauded him and because he kind of his head lifted and he looked like a 12 year old playing their first cricket match and seeing an off spinner for the first time in school um but the truth and yes we would have applauded him if he hit it for six but he didn't hit it for six and he was meters out of his crease and he got stumped and to counter the argument of well if he hit it for six we would have applauded he went really early and the bowler saw him going really early and 
in that case, yes, you can be aggressive, but when you've seen that the bowler has pitched the ball a little bit shorter to counter you coming down the wicket, and you're nowhere close to the pitch of the ball, you have to adapt, you have to change your the way that you play. You've got to maybe pad up to it or block it instead of going through with the shot. And I would still consider Dean Elgar one of the batsmen, um, again, because he doesn't play T20 cricket that much, one of the grounders in Test Match cricket. He's prepared to play a, a big innings. He had a rush of blood and he lost his head. It happens. But generally speaking, I think a lot of the players around the world are struggling because they've lost that application. They're so used to scoring off every ball. They're not used to leaving and blocking and grinding and you know really putting in the hard work to, to get those those tough innings together where you're getting the shine off the ball if it's in you know seamer friendly conditions or you know adapting to conditions and finding a way in the subcontinent we've lost that so to conclude i think that there is a very big argument towards getting rid of the toss um you don't want it to create more draws but however, at the same time, I think because of T20 cricket and the aggressive nature, I think we will still see less, we will still see not as many draws happening in Test Match cricket. Um, I personally believe the biggest reason for batsmen struggling is T20 cricket. For away team struggling, in fact, is T20 cricket. Um, but at the same time, that can't be the be-all and end-all. Um, there are a lot of batsmen that show application. There are a lot of batsmen that remain patient. There are games that go to days four and five and you know, those teams still lose. And I think that perhaps home teams and South Africa is also guilty of this, are preparing wickets that are too um, home advantageous. And I think that you know, it does detract from the game a bit. And so in conclusion, I'm all for the, the removal of a toss. You will still see this, you know, home teams will still win more games um, at home. That is not going to change. The data shows that. But I just think it brings the other teams into the game a lot more. Let me know your thoughts, guys. Send us a voice note. Um, do you guys think we should get rid of the toss? What are some of the other reasons why, why teams are struggling away from home? Why is there that trend? Um, is there something else that you think could be one of the reasons? Send through a voice note. Um, if I like what you're saying, if I think even if I don't agree with it, if you make a really good point, um, I'll play it on the, on the next podcast. Anyway, guys, that concludes this episode. Decided to do a bit of a shorter episode tonight. Um, and just to leave you, um, I want to leave you with um, a little bit of trivia. Who is the only current test cricketer to have played test cricket in the 20th century? So before the year 2000, this player was still playing test match cricket and today in July 2018 this man is still playing test match cricket do you think you know who it is anyway guys I really enjoyed this discussion um, there's some exciting things happening on the podcast hopefully hopefully from next week we will have our first guest we're going to be talking about really really interesting topics we've got some great ideas for topics coming through but if there's something you want you would like to hear about um, send through a request and maybe we can do a podcast on it if it's a really interesting topic um, yeah look I think that in terms of the toss just to end off um, it's uh, you don't know it's, you don't know the effect that it can have we don't know you know 
what down the line is it going to be for the benefits of the game because I think that's what's most important is that it benefits test match cricket um, and I guess you could say there are two sides to the coin in this argument and maybe we should spin a coin to decide anyway guys have a good one we'll catch you next week